0: Welcome to the Mary's Cup of Tea podcast. I'm your host, Mary Jolkovsky. I'm an author, speaker, and all around self love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hey, friends, before we begin, I just wanted to let you know that this podcast episode is sponsored by my favorite books. Not literally, but I did create a book list for you with all of my favorite books for self-love, and body image, and self-confidence, and just overall self-healing and growth. I am a huge personal growth person, and to be honest with you, a lot of the things that I talk about come from the books that I've read. I'm a big reader, and I always tell my little sister, readers are leaders. And I love audiobooks, I love book books, I love Kindle, I love all the forms of books, just give me all the goods. So I decided to create a book list for you with my top 25 favorite books, and I actually add to this list, so there's probably going to be more than 25 books on it, but I have narrowed it down to top 25 books that you need to read to start the self-love journey. I'm not saying you have to read all the books right now, but you should have this list handy-dandy for when you're getting a book on Amazon or shopping in your Audible or whatever, so I've created this book list, and you can get it at maryscupoftea.com slash books, and I will also put it in the show notes. And let me know how you like these recommendations by screenshotting what you're reading and tagging me in your Instagram stories. I always love seeing you use my recommendations. It just makes my whole day because we're like a little community. So anyways, com slash books. Go get it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mary's Cup of Tea, the podcast. I am so happy you're here. It is the new year. Let's hope that 2021 is a lot more peaceful and uneventful than 2020. But nevertheless, I think that this time of year, it is especially important to start talking about how to have a healthy relationship with exercise, because I know a lot of our New Year's goals or resolutions or whatever you choose to do in that regard, a lot of people have decided to take health and fitness and make it a priority, which is amazing. That is so cool. Um, And I'm all for that. I think a lot of people choose to misinterpret the message of self-love and body positivity and say things like, Why are you anti-health or you fitness is good for you? What is wrong with you? Or my favorite, you're promoting obesity, which couldn't be farther from the truth. In fact, most people in this space will tell you that I love to move my body and I encourage you to move your body and I encourage you to have a healthy lifestyle, whatever that looks like for you. I just don't want you to be put in this box anymore where health and fitness have been confused and manipulated to mean looking a certain way and trying to live up to society's beauty standards. So with all of that being said, I know that because of this, a lot of us have a very tough relationship with exercise, probably as tough as our relationship with food, except We tend to eat more than we exercise. Um, Food is one of those things we can't avoid, whereas exercise is kind of one of those things that's always in the back of our minds because we've just been conditioned to believe that unless you exercise once a day for 60 minutes and sweat at the gym, then you've somehow failed at health and fitness, which couldn't be farther from the truth. So today, I want to talk about some things that have helped me personally cultivate a healthier relationship with exercise and movement and just being active because I don't know about you, but I consider myself a fairly active individual. I always have been, except unfortunately with my eating disorder and the pressures of diet culture and my body dysmorphia, um, exercise became this very loaded, difficult thing um, emotionally, I mean. Um, but from the beginning, like as a child, I remember I love to run around. I love to um, hike and and play tag with my dad on the beach and dance and move my body. And I think most people are active individuals. I haven't met that many people who say, yeah, I hate moving my body. <laughs> most people are like, yeah, it feels good. And I, I feel that. I think um, the people I have coached and worked with have said things along the lines of like, I'm afraid to go to the gym because I'm scared to be gawked at and humiliated and judged. Or they say things like, "I, whenever I try to get into a new exercise routine, I start falling back into the eating disorder habits. Um, and so it's very difficult to kind of find a balance with it. But overall, I think if we look back to how we were as children, movement was a very natural part of our lives. And it felt good in so many different ways and it never had all of these loaded expectations from diet culture. So the goal is to get back to that. So firstly, we need to redefine how we see exercise. For me personally, I prefer to call it movement because I feel that movement encompasses more of, I don't know, it's like more go with the flow and more less pressure and expectations. Like I think exercise I always equate to These stereotypical gym workouts and sweating a lot and high intensity and interval training. Whereas movement can be anything. Like for me, movement can be cleaning the house or taking a walk or stretching or hiking or dancing in my underwear. Like all of that to me is movement. So I think calling it movement can be really, really helpful if you don't do that already. I invite you to start calling it movement instead of exercise. So instead of saying like, oh, I have to go work out today, say something like, I want to go move my body. And I think that that just, I don't know, it's a word that just feels better to say. And branching off of that, we have to like detach from this stereotypical gym workout that we picture as exercise. So for me personally, I had to quit going to the gym cold turkey when I was in recovery. Like that gym environment just kept perpetuating everything that I was trying to heal from. And I always say that you can't heal in the same environment where you got sick. And I don't know about you, but for me, a huge part of my sickness came from the gym and the pressures of being a bikini fitness competitor and constantly seeing people at the gym who were competitors. And we were all kind of struggling with disordered eating and eating disorders, but in a more glamorized way because it was disguised, disguised by fitness, you know? So for me, I had to like completely quit going to the gym. And I remember when I lived in Canada, I didn't have a gym membership. And then I got a gym membership and I went like once and I was trying to get back into it. And every time I felt like I was going to the gym, it felt like my eating disorder got worse. Like my recovery was like somehow um, halted. I don't know if that's a word. I don't think halted is a word. (laughs) I think what I meant to say is hindered. Yeah, I felt like anytime I would go into the gym, the gym would hinder my recovery because after working out, I would suddenly start thinking about food and trying to have a quote-unquote clean meal with this amount of protein and this amount of calories and trying to be quote-unquote good that day. And just all of these old thoughts would start pouring in. And I noticed that would start happening after leaving the gym. And I think that there's a lot to say around this. Like it could just be a psychological reaction because if you've gone to the gym for a while and that's where a lot of these kinds of beliefs come from, then of course, when you go back to that same environment, you're kind of trained to start thinking like that again. So quitting the gym cold turkey at first was one of the best things that I could have done for myself. And more recently, I kind of went back to the gym pre-pandemic, of course, um, but I never really got into it, and I would go like maybe once a week, if that, and that seemed to be like a good balance for me, because to me, going to the gym every single day like I used to and having that be my movement, it just felt like I was falling back into that old mindset, and I didn't want to do that. So I think we need to detach from the gym as being a workout, Remember, there are other ways to move your body. So try to find movement that you actually enjoy. What do you enjoy doing? Walking, yoga, hiking, dancing, maybe Zumba, if your gym has Zumba classes. Um, Those are so much fun. Or maybe pole dancing. Or I recently started going back to ballet. Like, what else can you do besides the gym? I have something in my city, I think it's in most cities in the United States, but there's a thing called, it's an app, it's called ClassPass, and it allows you to try different classes in your area. And I know it's a little bit difficult right now with the pandemic, but some of these classes are outside or maybe they're socially distant or they offer some virtual classes, but this app lets me explore like different activities in my area And so I am moving my body in a way that feels good. I'm actually enjoying what I'm doing. I'm trying something new. I'm challenging myself. And it creates all these other benefits besides I'm going to go to the gym and lift weights and run on the treadmill. If you really like that, like, cool. But I personally don't. And I remember lying to myself and saying that I love it. But really, I just was trying to find some way to justify what I was doing. Um, but after returning to the gym, I realized that I really don't like going unless I'm like maybe with a friend. So anyways, only do things that you enjoy. If you don't enjoy them, don't do it. Please, please don't do it. For me, the other thing that I kept reminding myself of is like if I try to force myself to go to the gym when I really don't want to, it's only going to end up backfiring. And what I mean by that is it's only going to put me in a bad mood. It's only going to make me more tired. It's not going to, like, energize me or rejuvenate me or make me feel good. It's going to make me feel like I fell back into diet culture. It's going to make me feel like I'm not really um, moving forward or making progress in my recovery. Like, I would keep reminding myself of all these things that I was trading when I'm forcing myself to do something I don't want to do. And obviously, that applies to anything, but I think especially when it comes to exercise, like, please stop forcing yourself to do things you don't want to do. And I don't mean don't challenge yourself. I mean, don't do shit you don't want to do. We all know the difference between oh my God, I'm running. I'm going to try running a little bit faster or a little bit longer because it feels so good. And I have all these endorphins flowing and I'm really enjoying the scenery and it feels good, right? We all know the difference between that and, ugh, I got to run a 5k in 30 minutes today because I need to meet this arbitrary goal that I set for myself or that I found on some fitness bloggers website, whatever, you know, like, There is a difference between pushing yourself a little bit because it feels good and forcing yourself because you feel like you should. So only do movement you enjoy. And branching off of that, here's a question you may want to start asking yourself before you do any type of movement or exercise Is this going to energize me? Is this going to energize me? And the reason why I started asking myself this question is because before I kind of wanted, or I tried to ask myself the question of, is this going to make me feel good? And I think that that made for a very weird answer um, and a very unclear answer because for me, I used to confuse feeling good with What society wanted from me, or what I feel like I should do, or looking good, right? Like I confused feeling good with all of the pressures of diet culture because to me, when I met those expectations, I felt good about myself because I felt like I was like belonging and I was doing something right in this world (laughs) that tells you that you're supposed to exercise and eat less and lose weight. And so for me, when I said, Is this gonna make me feel good? It was just a difficult question to answer because I remember like in the depths of my eating disorder when I was training for bikini fitness competitions, like I would feel so good after a workout. I would feel high on life, but not in a genuine way. The reason why I would feel high on life is because one, workouts usually produce endorphins. So regardless, it's just a chemical reaction in your body. Two, I would probably get some sort of validation from somebody at the gym, whether it's somebody I knew or made eye contact with, or I just felt like I was doing something right, or my coaches, or I would body check all the time and I would I would just get all body dysmorphic, dysmorphic about it. And I would feel like, oh, the more I'm sweating, the more I'm calories I'm burning off and the skinnier I'm getting and the fitter I'm getting. And so that kind of rabbit hole would make me feel good, but in a really fucked up way. I don't know if that makes sense at all, but I just think asking yourself like, oh, is this workout going to make me feel good? It might be a very difficult question to answer, and I found this especially when hosting my online retreat, Beyond Body. We had um, somebody, I think, raised a hand, raise their hand, and they asked me the question of like, how do I have a healthy balance with exercise? And she said something along the lines of like, that she's been trying to ask herself, like, if this will make her feel good, but she doesn't even know what feeling good means anymore because it, it's it been so, like, brainwashed, in a sense, by diet culture. So I think that question just doesn't produce a genuine answer. And the question I start asking myself instead is, is this going to energize me? And by energize, I mean, is this going to make me come alive? Is this going to make me less tired? Because I think we all know when we're tired and we're trying to force ourselves into a workout of some sort, then we get even more tired. I know for me, I'm not a morning person. So anytime I would try to force myself to do some kind of a morning workout by 12 p.m., I would be just on the couch thinking like, why am I so tired? (laughs) Is not working out? supposed to make me more productive or energized, but it doesn't you know, because I wasn't doing a workout that I enjoyed. So is this going to energize me? With whatever you are doing, that's a question that often helps gain clarity on that question of what type of movement do you enjoy? You're probably going to enjoy the type of movement that energizes you. And so it just, it just gets a little bit more specific. And so you're able to find a better answer to it. I feel like I just <laughs> babbled a lot, but I hope that helps. The other thing you have to start doing is lower your threshold of what you consider a good workout. So for me, a workout wasn't a workout unless it was 60 minutes long, unless I was sweating profusely, and unless my heart rate was like up a lot and I was panting. And so anytime that I wouldn't work out for 60 minutes or I wasn't sweating hard enough or I didn't feel out of breath, I felt like I failed my workout. And I started like gradually decreasing the amount of time and like those expectations that I attach to the workout so for example I went from saying okay well 60 minutes and I I have to work out for 60 minutes to 45 minutes and then eventually 30 minutes and now I'm at like five I'm like if I walk around the block I am good to go (laughs) but I think that lowering your threshold of what you consider a good workout kind of meets you where you're at and I'm not saying that we have to have any number attached to it whatsoever. I mean, the goal eventually is to not think that way at all. But I'm trying to give you things that are going to meet you where you're at because I think it's really difficult to go from, I need to work out for an hour a day to, I am worthy exactly as I am, whether I exercise or not. Like, obviously, that's a big leap. So the way that I started like making that transition is by slowly but surely Lowering my expectations of myself and, and what I considered to be moving my body. So lower your expectation of what quote-unquote counts as a good workout. If right now you seem to pressure yourself a lot to run for 30 minutes, then challenge yourself to only run for 20 and call it a day. Or remind yourself that you don't have to be sweating profusely to have a good workout. You could not be sweating at all and just enjoy a walk around the block. And that still counts as movement. So again, I don't want us to get stuck in the mindset of counting things or, you know, trying to meet a certain quota. But I do want us to start lowering that expectation so that eventually we let go of it altogether. And this also helps a lot with any type of goal setting. If you have in mind that you know you want to exercise more, you want to be a little bit more active, that's so great. But if you set a lower bar for yourself, you're much more likely to reach it. And you're probably even going to exceed it and make yourself even more proud. And it's a much gentler, kinder, more self-compassionate way to motivate yourself than setting the bar really, really high and then feeling guilty and ashamed and just talking shit to yourself when you don't meet it. Does that make sense? So try to like lower that bar, do your best and tell yourself that in anything counts. Any type of movement counts for however long, as long as I am enjoying myself, and it's actually making me feel good and energized and happy. And lastly, I want to make sure that you are following Fat Fitness Influencers on Instagram or they don't have to be influencers, but they can be anybody. Please follow more fat people on Instagram doing things like moving their body and enjoying their lives and traveling the world and doing all of those things that you think that you can't do in a bigger body. And please note that I use fat as a very neutral descriptor that doesn't use it as an insult. So fat is just a descriptor. So if you follow more fat people online, especially fat fitness people, then you'll see that, hey, I can be strong and healthy and motivated and energized and active and happy in any size body because I'm looking at this Wonderful, amazing woman who is doing it. And I have this type of role model and this type of example. Instead of constantly thinking of fitness in this very narrow minded way, the easiest way to expand your definition of fitness and what a fit and healthy body and lifestyle looks like is to find examples of people living and breathing that kind of lifestyle. So I personally follow a lot of fitness people and yoga people of all shapes and sizes and runners of all shapes and sizes, like whatever you're into, whether it's like a sport or an activity or just fitness, I guess, make sure that you're following people who represent all sorts of shapes and sizes and even abilities. Like, do you follow any people with disability on social media? This really opens up your your eyes to all the things that you are capable of, regardless of what body you are in. And this really helps me just think, see, and feel differently about my body. Um, I recently saw a post by Beauty Redefined, Lindsay and Lexi Kite from Beauty Redefined. They, um, their whole tagline of their platform is, "Your body is an instrument, not an ornament." So focus on all the things that your body can do instead of all the things that society has tried to value it as, which is mostly how it looks focus on what can your body do can you jump run just even breathe and look and appreciate and stargaze and dance and all of these beautiful amazing things like those are all movement and those are all thanks to our body my version of that quote is your body is an experience not an image that's why the term body image is a little deceiving because Your body is not an image. It was never an image. It's this experience. You are blessed to be able to experience your body, and movement is one of the ways that we can experience our body very wholesomely. I don't know if that's a word either. I am feeling very rusty today, so I apologize if this episode is a little stuttery and all over the place. I have tried to record it about five times before this version. And every time I'm just like not satisfied with it, I feel like I'm stumbling and my thoughts aren't clear today. So again, I apologize for that. And I hope that this episode helped you regardless in some way. Let me know if it did by sending me a message on Instagram or tagging me in your Instagram stories. And I really appreciate you sticking around even when I'm not perfect on this podcast. So I hope this episode helps you create a healthy relationship with exercise. Let me know what you think, and I will see you in the next episode. We have a very special guest in the next episode who I'm so excited for you to meet. So talk soon. Bye.